Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm Holly Rubenstein. I'm a travel journalist and editor. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Today, I'm joined by one of Britain's finest young actors, Dev Patel. He first graced our screens in the seminal teen drama Skins before going on to make his movie debut in Danny Boyle's Slumdog Millionaire, which picked up eight Oscars, including Best Picture. He's gone on to star in many more critically acclaimed films, including The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and Lion, for which he won a BAFTA and received Oscar and Golden Globe nominations. Now, Dev's taken the lead role in Armando Iannucci's adaptation of The Personal History of David Copperfield, which is already a critic's favourite. Like in season one, this episode I've called a short haul episode because I didn't have quite as much interview time as I normally do. The way that it tends to work with movie stars is you meet up in a hotel. In this case, it was at the Soho Hotel in London, which is a real celeb haunt. And you're given quite a tight time slot before the next interviewer comes in. If you've seen Notting Hill, it's like when Hugh Grant interviews Julia Roberts for Horse and Hound. You know what I mean? (laughs) Despite literally just getting off a flight from LA, Dev was as warm and down to earth as he seems on the screen. And having shot movies and travelled all around the world, I really hope you'll enjoy hearing his travel diaries. So let's hear from Dev Patel. Dev Patel, welcome to the Travel Diaries. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, uh, nicely jet lagged, so this is very apt. Yeah. <laughs> been, where have you come in from? I just flew in from Los Angeles. Wow. Actually. Yeah. It's a jet set life. Uh, kind of. It was actually raining just before I left, so it's uh, kind of settled me in nicely to come to into some London. sunny London. <laughs> so we're going to go on a journey through your life's travel diaries. So let's kick off with chapter one, and that is your earliest childhood travel memory uh, uh it was probably india actually i went to gujarat with my my parents uh for a family wedding i was very young and uh i didn't enjoy it one bit i remember being bitten to death by mosquitoes i didn't have my game boy and uh i couldn't speak the language and it was kind of a horrendous nightmare for me and I was like I never want to go back to this place ever again cut to <laughs> 2019 and I've been there countless times yeah um, in a year sometimes and was it very colorful the wedding the wedding uh was very stressful it was kind of in a village so it's as earthy as it can get and um yeah it, it was it was I, I didn't enjoy it I've uh I, it's such a weird one to start with, but I, I, I've been back many times since and had a very different experience, I should say. Mm. <laughs> so you filmed quite a few films in India. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is your favourite part, would you say? I think I really, truly appreciated it and understood it when I went back the second time, which was um, to shoot Slumdog. Mm. And I, I kind of was exploring Mumbai with Danny Boyle. Uh, and I went down early just because I had such a little experience there. And I wanted to... St- feel the culture and kind of be in the city and have it enter through my pores and you know we walked through the slums and uh, I remember one of the first moments we went there's this tiny kind of um, sweet shop it's kind of about four foot wide and it was just a wall of all these confectionery uh, Indian sweets and we the guy waved us in and you kind of go behind this wall of sweets and there was 
this mini makeshift arcade with like Pac-Man and Super Mario and all these kids were spending I think two rupees each to play from the slums and Danny turned to him and he's like see just children are the same everywhere and uh, one of the kids called me over and I was playing with him and it's just like a really amazing experience it kind of uh, really changed my view on on India and and, and the culture and it really is a juxtaposition of old and new modernity and traditions and hot and cold sweet and sour whatever it's it was it was magic it really was Mm. such a magical place chapter two then is the first place that you fell in love with the first place that I fell in love with well it was actually Mumbai that was the place um sorry to double up on it but it, it really was I I felt like I really connected with a part of my culture that I hadn't with before. You know, I spent my time growing up in Northwest London, going to school and trying to be as as British or as um, as grime as I could be. <laughs> uh, so that meant, you know, kind of washing away any any part of my Indian self before I went to school. And then I went to Mumbai and uh, it, it totally captured me and... Uh, you know, I've been there many times since to do so many other films and stuff, and it's been kind of it's intoxicating. Mm. If some some of our listeners haven't been to Mumbai, where would you send them to? What would you tell them to do? Oh man, uh, that's a that's a long one. Um, I would say go to Chor Bazaar, which is like called the Thieves Market, and uh, legend says that a lot of the stuff there has been stolen, but you can go and find the most incredible antiques and. I went and bought an old door, which is now the front door of my house. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. How did you get that back? I know. Yeah, long story. That's another long story. Uh, it's a beautiful carved green door. And uh, uh, I've got this big monkey mask of this Hindu god called Hanuman that's also in my house. But you can find the most interesting. I bought a load of gifts for my friends, like these brass tuk-tuks, rickshaws, actually. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, the... the the south the south part of town you know the kind of older mumbai uh walking around there you know it is really magical mm. i've never been i'm yeah. desperate to you go. can take a tiny boat as well from that part just outside the Taj hotel and it's like a 20 minute boat ride to this little island called alibag uh, where there's some beautiful homes and like it's a nice place to walk around and you can see mumbai and it's kind of this little bubble of tranquility within the chaos which yeah. is quite cool yeah. So you're obviously traveling the world filming a lot of the time. Mm. Chapter three is the place where you learn the most about yourself. I would say Tokyo. I went to Tokyo. It wasn't for work, though. It was just uh-huh. kind of my dream destination. And I had a pocket of like two and a half weeks. And I was in Australia with my, my girlfriend and we... I was like, let's just go. Let's just do this. Um, uh, we have some time. So we found some last minute tickets and got on a plane to Tokyo and had no real plan. And that was it's kind of the best way to travel and just be swept along with the tide of humans there. And it was kind of, uh, I felt like a complete alien. And it was so refreshing because no one knew who I was. Mm-hmm. So I could walk around and, and be a real tourist and, and I was so in awe of the culture that there's a kind of restraint. Uh, you know, when you go to India, it's madness and chaos and there's beauty in that chaos and, and liveliness. But in Tokyo, there's 
it's it's got a very similar juxtaposition, you know, between the traditions and modernity. You know, you can go to a beautiful old temple and then right next to it is like, you know, you're watching a robot show or something. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that, you know, you, you're watching legacies, uh, you know, generations of people committing themselves to uh, the minutia, you know, like that you'd go to one stall and it's just a family that has been making eel a hundred different ways for generations and that's what they're trying to perfect or you you see the art of flower arranging and we spent you know an afternoon learning about how to make the most poignant but simple flower is essentially sometimes just a twig and the way the twig was cut and how it looked and mm. appreciating that simplicity and I, I i don't know it really um it's so different isn't it yeah i felt i felt London disconnected life. from everything i knew and i was very much in a trance when i was there mm. Yeah, intoxicating, as yeah, you say. Yeah, yeah, and you can't get a bad meal there. Or, you know, like it, you could eat anywhere, even in the Seven Elevens. They have, you know, they have these kind of like, you can go in and have the most incredible food, and it's all so clean. And and you know, you go down uh, Golden Guy, and there's these tiny these alleyways that you know they're like, you can touch each wall with with your arms spread out, and they've. Sh- managed to shove in these massive chandeliers and you can sit down and have some great Japanese whiskey and the man will be cooking on the teppanyaki and make you some and it's just it's a wonderful culture it's amazing so authentic Mm. as you say chapter four is your all-time favorite destination oh so um, hard right Korea um I used to do taekwondo when I grew up so Uh I kind of was fascinated by Korea and um the culture and you know you know, you learn how to count to 10 and <laughs> all that stuff. And uh, I, I love Korean cinema and I've watched, you know, a lot of um, Bong Joon-ho's films and like Old Boy and all, all of the stuff that's out there. And it kind of, I think they're incredible filmmakers and, you know, you, you see glimmers of the culture there and the world and I just want to go there and, and eat my way through the city. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you um, are filming, do you get to immerse yourself in the local cultures? Uh, unfortunately, sometimes n- no. Uh, You're working it dep- so hard, yeah, right? it, it depends on the project. You know, I just did a film uh, with Michael Winterbottom, which is kind of very guerrilla, and you kind of that was amazing because he just kind of drops you in the middle of a busy market, and then you lose him in the camera, and you can't see a single makeup artist or member of crew, and you know, you're kind of doing the scene, you know, it's, he's like, go and buy some stuff from this seller. And I'll turn around and the camera's not even pointing at me. He's off shooting a, um, you know, a performing monkey in the market. And <laughs> then he'll come back to you and you kind of just, you're existing as yeah. the character, but in, in this world. And that was, was great. That? It was great because I was really just feeling the city and, and the vibes of it. But sometimes you're just on a soundstage and back home and you're trying to cram in at least four hours of sleep before you're back up and into prosthetic makeup the next day. And so, you know, these pockets of when I get some time, like this two weeks that I got to go to Tokyo are really precious. Yeah. And with David Copperfield, which I absolutely loved, um, you are filming really in some of the best of British places. I mean, they're showcased the beautiful various St. Edmunds and, and around the country. Were there any that particularly stood out to you? Uh, I've got to hang out in Norfolk and we had the most incredible like the weather was incredible during that time remember we had that heat wave it was mm. so hot and I we, we would take the lunch and we'd sit out on the grass uh, these beautiful like old listed manor that we were filming at and 
just have some cheese and almost like you know tempted to like buy a bottle of wine from a local supermarket quintessential british yeah yeah but it was it was really nice i'd never been to that and we were in norfolk we're in hull we we shot kind of all over parts of britain that i'd never really been to before Mm. it's it's pretty amazing Mm. chapter five is your hidden gem a place that you've discovered that maybe some other people haven't yet a hidden gem it can be small or it can be a whole city. Uh, I think just because I spend a lot of time in Los Angeles, I think it's probably appropriate to talk about that. I spend a lot of time in Koreatown in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. So I can tell you where to get the best fried Korean chicken wings or uh, the Korean or Korean bar- Kyochon, Korean barbecue. Uh, there's like a hundred spots there that are incredible. So I... I Where's your go-to? Bla- um, if you had to pick one. Uh, there's a place called Quarters, which is amazing. Um, there's another place which has got a really funny name called Tobang. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, it's just all Koreans. You don't feel like you're in Los Angeles mm. when you go there. Uh, some of the staff don't even speak English. Uh, and that's got incredible food there. Very spicy. So uh, you'll be suffering afterwards, but it's worth <laughs> it. You have a strong it, constitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's really, so that's pretty amazing. In contrast, then, the next chapter is the place that you'd never go back to, chapter six. Never go back to. Mm. Is there a place that you remember for the wrong reasons? Uh, No, not really. It's funny, we started with India and I was like, I would just say, don't go for a family wedding to India (laughs) Uh, because they never end. (laughs) Uh, They're exhausting, especially in a tiny village. But yeah, apart from that, I don't know. No. Chapter seven is your next big adventure. Where are you heading next? My next big adventure? I don't know. I'm going to be here for a bit. And then I go to India. <laughs> Sorry, it's so repetitive. I'm going to shoot a film there that I'm directing. So oh, amazing. It's going You're to be a good five, five months of my life. Wow. Yeah. So can you tell me any more about it? Yeah, it's called Monkey Man. And it's taking an old Indian mythology about this god hanuman and kind of modernizing it and and it's a kind of uh it's almost like a graphic novel that we've concocted it's a it's it's you know i I said earlier i really like korean cinema yeah so it's kind of like a a messed up korean revenge film set in india and it's kind of taking a lot of the films i grew up with here in the uk and like you know my influences which are tarantino and danny ball and all these kind of cool action films and kind of putting them in a blender with a bit of my other part of my culture, which is there. And, you know, this is the result of that. And are you going to be filming all around the country? Uh, we're going to go and do a location scout. So cool. I'm actually going to explore every inch of that place, every corner. So wow. we'll see. And will you be starring in it? Yes, unfortunately. Very fortunately <laughs> for us. How exciting. How do you feel about your first time? Is it your first time directing? Yeah. I mean, I did a little short film, but that was a lot easier than this. This is... I mean, I've spent so long working on the script and trying to will it into existence. And now that it's actually happening, I'm terrified. But Mm. um, you kind of, uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to be working with a lot of my friends. And it's amazing that we're going to create this art together. And it's going to be a a great experience for us all. How exciting. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So when you've been filming all in all these different locations all around the world, is there there any one that really stands out to you? Uh, 
Yeah, I, actually, I went out. I, I shot a film called Chappie in South Africa, and we—you hear all these things before you go there. Oh, it's going to be really violent. And it's going to be dangerous. And yes, there is that, you know, and especially in certain parts, you know. But actually, the people were so incredible when I went to Johannesburg, and uh, I—we shot in places that you wouldn't kind of go to in a in a normal package holiday. Uh, the famous Vodafone Tower that you go inside, and it's very dangerous actually and you know people actually throw bricks down the middle and there's there's horrible stories of people getting hurt but wherever i went people were opening up their homes and offering food and uh we were shooting in soweto um and uh you know, it's a lot of urban po poverty there and of course i just met the kindest happiest i saw the widest smiles there and um i had a great time you know we were with this wacky rap group called the antwerd and kind of hanging out with them as well and it was it was wonderful. Fantastic. Well, we are on to the final chapter of your life's travel diaries, Dev, and that is what's at the top of your bucket list. Ah, uh, top of my bucket list to go to probably New Zealand. Mm -hmm. yeah. How come? I don't know. I just um, was very overwhelmed by the. I've just seen pictures of it. The it just feels uh, breathtakingly beautiful. The nature and the culture, I would, I would just love to get lost there for a bit. Mm. And an amazing place to shoot, I imagine, yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dave. Thank you. Those were your travel diaries. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you. Oh, what a lovely man. That was Dev Patel and his travel diaries. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please tell your friends about it. Make sure you subscribe. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, that really helps other people to discover the podcast. And to find out who's on next week's show, I'm excited for this one. Come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 